Shall we pray? Father, great is your faithfulness. Great is your mercy. Amazing is your love. Wonderful is your family. I bless you and I bless them today. I'm asking you to bless them, Lord, where where it comes home to them. Father, the singles, they have particular perimeters of blessings that they'd like to see in their life, and we pray that you would address that to the young families and children, God, their dreams and their aspirations and God, the, the vision and sometimes the burdens and the work. Come alongside of them. For those that have been on the been in the race for so long, we just pray that their hands will be made, be made strengthened in that season of life and season not only in spiritual realm but also God in the natural age realm Father that you have seen and you you have you saw and you have not forgotten I pray a special rich blessing upon everyone in Jesus name Amen Amen Last week we talked to you about the assurance that we have in Christ as we looked at the five questions that the Apostle Paul posed to us in Romans chapter 5. Not necessarily questions that we are to, able to give an answer to so much, although there are answers to them, but uh, 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 to develop a confidence and an assurance in, in the believer of, you know, uh, to the extent, to an extent, the extent that God went to secure and and you know our lives uh, in in Christ, and uh, today you know I really want to talk about the relationship that we have because of Christ, the assurance we have in Christ, and now the relationship that we have uh, because of Christ. I'm going to ask you to put up the scriptures there, would you, Matt? This morning I'm going to talk about the difference between an orphan spirit and a sonship spirit. I believe that the great revival is, is pending. And has an emphasis of capturing the spirit of sonship. The spirit of sonship. The spirit of sonship is so important, according to Melchiah, that God himself says that he was going to divinely intervene. When he says, I'm going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers, Basically, you know what I mean? He's saying that there is a relational sonship, identity, that is imperative to break the curse. Now, if I ask you if you're a son of God, you'd say, of course I'm a son of God. You'd believe that, and, and you are a son of God. But are you operating an orphan spirit rather than a sonship spirit? You see, when you begin to unwrap the promises of God to Abraham about a son, it can be summarized this way, the promise of sonship. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 10 says that, says the objective was to bring many sons to glory. The greatest honor God has given us in his son Jesus Christ 
is sonship. The greatest gift is salvation. But the greatest honor is sonship. John 14 and 8. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Romans chapter 8, verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The word Abba, Father means leans more heavily toward intimacy than it does infancy. Intimacy, not just infancy. To have received the spirit of adoption means to be seated as a son. Thus, bringing to us sonship inheritance. Galatians chapter 4, verse 6, and because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. An orphan in the Old Testament is a Hebrew word meaning fatherless. What are we doing, Pastor? I feel that God has said we're laying foundation, but not only laying foundation, we are sowing seeds for revival. The Bible frequently puts together two things, widows and orphans. And when God was judging nations, he says, in judgment, he says, I will make your wives widows and your children orphans. That role of father is in male influence. And it goes further than that, but we'll, we'll start there because an orphan spirit is more than just feeling fatherless. James says that pure religion and undefiled is to minister to widows and orphans in distress. Widows and orphans. Orphan includes those that are most vulnerable. An orphan spirit is one who feels alone, who feels that they don't have a place of safe and secure, close to the Father's heart. They have a problem with feeling affirmed, protected, and provided especially those that show love to them. They feel like they don't belong. They are full of fear, anxiety, and insecurity. Have a tough time trusting. Have a tough time receiving healing for issues that cause hidden pain. Oftentimes their hearts are closed, they're afraid of being hurt, and they constantly run away, particularly from him. There's a lot of dysfunction, and we use that word carefully, but because they lack the ability to trust that's needed for a healthy relationship. So an orphan spirit is, is someone who... Number one, his father could be missing or have failed in his role as provider, protector, and friend. But not all orphan spirits happen because the father failed. But sometimes it's how the son received the event and has succumbed to the spirit of the enemy with regard to that event. And we will... Uh, discover that as we go along. Understanding the orphan spirit. 
Every child born into this world was created to be a son or daughter to somebody, a sense of belonging. Immediately in the garden, Satan introduced the orphan spirit to Adam and Eve. As a result of that, Adam and Eve felt alienated from God the Father, from the garden, a place of safety and protection and belonging. The orphan spirit began to permeate the earth, causing all kinds of damage. Emotional damage and material and physical damage. That sense of abandonment and loneliness and alienation and isolation. While they legally may belong, they internally experience this contradiction, a wrestling inside emotionally. That orphan spirit began to play itself out after Adam and Eve, that sense of isolation and not feeling having a place when Cain rose up and murdered his brother Abel. What was it? Well, an incident happened. Cain brought an offering in. God says, it's not the right offering. It's not the right offering. So in the offense of that, because he didn't receive the father's instruction, he took on an offense and it played out into you know, trying to eliminate the one with the right offering. You don't have to read the news very far today to find out that in our society, to break up family, the large amounts of people that are alienated from God. The activity that's going on in our society. We've got to get fathers back in to society. Paul said you've got 10,000 teachers, but you've got a few fathers. Even our own who trained in this field know that the emotional, physical, and spiritual life of society can be traced to this human feeling of being alienated. They don't always associate it with God, but from those representatives of God. Orphaned men have a hard time connecting to their spouses, their children, those in spiritual authority, and their supervisors. A hard time accepting and loving themselves. You know about the people in prison, incarcerated. There's a sad thing. We'll get to preaching, hang on. There are churches filled with pastors and leaders who use people to destroy relationships because they're driven to succeed. Driven to succeed. Success becomes their affirmation. But the gospel of Jesus Christ is a gospel about a father who came to break the orphan spirit off of his creation and to apply covenant blessing so that they might understand the Father's love, enable them to become mature sons without gender. The orphan spirit is probably the greatest curse on the earth today. A nation dominated by an orphan spirit. It's gonna take spiritual parents 
spiritual depth to break and reverse the curse and then to perpetuate the blessing instead. And I heard God say to my spirit that the generational curse is going to be uh, uh, if I can recall his word. In other words, the generational blessing was going to overpower the generational curse. The generational blessing. Because both of them are in the scriptures. And the generational blessing is going to take place in the earth to restore the spirit of sonship. That orphan spirit doesn't feel like it belongs. Causes one to live as if she or he doesn't have a safe and secure place in the Father's heart. And feel protected. They're inwardly isolated. They live a life of anxiety, fears, and frustrations. They develop habits because they want to be treasured. Needing someone to touch them. These habits cause them to search for that embrace. That significance, that identity in the wrong places. Seeking approval and praise from someone. Well, we all have a need to be recognized. This is taken to a new level. Critical spirits enter in and blame is placed on others. Often jealous of others. They can even be strong servants, but they serve not from a thankful heart but a heart that sees God as a test master. They start chasing the counterfeit. Affections start to run awry. Passions, possessions, positions and powers start to control. They look for love in all the wrong places. They often reject others before they can be rejected. They have an opinion of themselves like Gomer had of herself with Hosea. She believes that she's unlovable they're dissatisfied with themselves. They're undeserving of love. They don't say this with their words, but this is how they live out their lives. And so she sabotages every relationship. An orphan spirit. Let me, that's enough about what an orphan spirit is. I've got a whole book on it. But God wants you and I to experience his sonship. Sonship-based living comes from, number one, feeling secure in God's love. The sonship spirit is someone who can't live away from the presence of God. You see, God sent his son Jesus into the world to merit our sonship. God sent the Holy Spirit to confirm our sonship. 
He who spared not his only son, but gave him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? Sonship is the highest honor that can be bestowed to you and I. John, 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. What? That we should be called the children of God. A placement. We are not just simply redeemed and saved. We have received a placement in the family. And a good picture is to think of a table. And you have a chair there. So he sent his son to merit our sonship, the Holy Spirit to confirm our sonship. In a sonship relationship, you no longer need to protect your heart, nor do you have to give your heart to just anyone, for you are fulfilled in his love. There's an amazing balance that happens when you're secure in the Father's love. Let's look at a couple of orphan spirits in the New Testament. The first one is the prodigal, the prodigal son. He, you know, is not comfortable in the Father's house. He sets out in pursuit of pleasure and so therefore he disconnects from the father. He represents those that run from God. Afraid. They're insecure. They're unsure. Then we have the older son who feels that somehow he has to earn his father's love. He doesn't realize that he already has his father's love and his favor. And he's unable to enjoy the inheritance that belongs to him because of the father. <coughs> the older son is unable to go ahead and celebrate when the party is taking place. It can happen in the best of people. Jonah. Jonah is a man like the prodigal that runs away. And then we know that he ends up in a fish. And later he serves God in Nineveh, but he has an older brother attitude. He never understands the compassion of God. He was definitely an effective worker for God, but he really didn't know the heart of God. He couldn't rejoice when the city turned to God. He preferred judgment over mercy. But Romans says you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. One of the strong characteristics of sonship is the removal of fear. But you've received the spirit of adoption, a magnificent awareness of this great privilege that we have in Jesus, Jesus Christ. Living in sonship, where you trust God and you trust his promises knowing that you are accepted 
trusted in the beloved without your performance. It is a flow of God in you. For John chapter 15 says that I am the vine, you are the branches, and he who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. There is a divine connection that happens. Sonship. Having predestinated us to adoption as sons of Jesus Christ. All along, God says, the message that I want to get through is sonship. Is sonship. Because it's been the pleasure of his will. He says, I want to get through to you that you are so ravished with the grace of God that the worry and the self-pity, the anger and the indifference just melts away because of the environment that we live in. Your greatest identity is as a child of God. The child of God. God has bestowed it upon you. What manner that we should be called the sons of God. How important is us capturing the fullness of this son of God spirit? Romans says, chapter eight, it's so important that all of creation is waiting for the manifestation of the Son of God. There can be no manifestations of the Son of God until we capture that we are and have the spirit of the Son of God. The Son of God was so aware in Jesus Christ that they could spit on him. They could slap him. They could accuse him. They could abuse him. And the father could have him killed. And he wasn't moved because he understood and had the spirit of sonship. God wants us to leave that place of fatherlessness and he's called us into to sonship. He wants us to leave the orphan spirit behind, that spirit that's driven by success and be led by the spirit. He wants us to leave that spirit of Orphan see that causes us to be blinded by our own feelings of inadequacy. He wants us to leave that orphan spirit that uses people for our goals, and, but rather they should sonship spirit to serve them so they can reach their goal. Sonship that walks in the anointing, that draws children to them. That children is our, you know, are something that's loved and desired and, and wanted and planned for. He wants to remove that orphan spirit from us that causes uncontrolled anger and fits of rage and other forms of manipulation to dominate our lives. <coughs> he wants to put in us that 
confidence of trust that the Father's gonna guide you. The Father has control of your future. Sonship spirit. The same spirit that was in Christ. Let this mind be in you, which is all in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made of himself no reputation, but humbled himself and became obedient. The spirit of sonship is the spirit of obedience to the heavenly Father. To remove that orphan spirit from us that's always trying to outdo the others. Because they've are secure in their identity. And they're always constantly looking to see how can I bless someone else. Having a sense of divine love and acceptance which makes it so you can accept others. Yeah. Behold, I send Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. There was a day that's for dreadful. The scripture says that John the Baptist was the Elijah that God was sending. And the purpose of his coming was to restore a sonship spirit. By getting the fathers to engage them in relationship. To love in spite of. To be in spite of. He's got to turn our hearts, it says. A sonship spirit is toward relationship. An orphan spirit is a dismantling of relationship. So, what are we going to do about the orphan spirit? If you identify and see the habits and the makeup and the, the, the playing out of the orphan spirit in individuals or in sons and in daughters. You engage the father spirit. You engage the father spirit. You can't break the orphan spirit by pointing out the orphan habits. You break the orphan spirit by engaging the father's spirit. The sonship spirit in Jesus was so powerful and strong and could not be pulled away because of what he understood the Father to be. For God so, who is that God there? God the Father. So loved the world that he gave. When he to restore he, actually the word you know he come to seek and to save that which was lost he actually saying there you know what I mean I've come to seek and to save the sonship that was lost it was sonship spirit that was lost you can have redemption 
and still not enjoy your placement as a son. Not by works of righteousness that we have done, but by his mercy he has saved us. And that's why John, all the epistles of John, one, two, and three, what's the word in there that he uses over and over and over and over? It's son and children. My children, my children. This is what, you know, being a child of God is is like. But we're so prone to being reaching for wanting to be accepted and not realizing that we've already been accepted. Christ died for us while we were still sinners. Well, to become like Christ. Well, you'll never become like Christ until you know the love that Christ knew. The love of the Father. He has made us accepted in the beloved. It does not mean that you like sin. No. But it means that you're willing to father a different spirit. I'm going to father a different spirit. Breaking curses, breaking curses. The key to breaking curses is a sonship spirit. He says when the sonship spirit is missing, a curse comes upon the earth. Now, some of you got it together in relationship to a, to a, a, a sonship spirit better than others. Some people have a sonship spirit down better than I do. I'm just going to be honest with you. you know? Better than I do. Because sometimes I find myself working for God's approval. that's hard man the, the day is, is, is so challenging you know what I mean the work is so hard let us lay aside every weight and sin that's so easily beset us I found that one of the greatest weights that waits me is if I forget who I am and where I have been placed in Christ Jesus. It releases me emotionally. It opens me up. You know what I mean? Where, where uh, I can rest. There is a rest, Hebrews says. There's a rest that he wants us to enter into. This is not like some position on a couch. It's a position, you know what I mean, of our soul. Enter into the rest. He says some still have to enter into it. It was the 
sonship spirit that caused Jesus to be able to go to sleep in the midst of the storm because the commandment had already been given to go to the other side. The obstacles will come, but the other side is guaranteed to the sons of God. When the sonship spirit, and my prayer is that I've asked God to just, you know, bring it forth and deposit it in us this morning. That all of a sudden, the impact of it, and we start functioning as the sons of God, it will not only simply be a function as a son of God in relationship to, 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 to being like Jesus in situations, but will enter a realm of power and influence. They're waiting for the manifestations of the son of God. Now, I'll bring this to a close. Because there's a two-step thing here in, in this sonship relationship. There is, the, there is the children of God, and then there is the adoption of God. Children of God. We are children of God by new birth. The word adoption that he says, you know, that we have, you know, is not like our adoption. In our adoption, in the American adoption, you move someone from one family to another. The adoption from Scripture in the Greeks and the Romans was this, was that the father would adopt the son when he reached a certain age. Because then at the adoption, he recognized that he had matured to the place that he could give him a place in the distributing and the use of his inheritance. His inheritance. And so when Paul says there's an adoption that goes on, he's moving us to a place that I'm, I have a place at the Father's table, but now I have a place in the administration of the Father's inheritance. And so that's what he is saying in Romans that the whole creation is waiting for the manifestations of God. He's saying the creation is waiting for us to come to where we have reached a place where the character of God is functioning in us so that God can go ahead and let us be part of the administration of all that God has and all that God is. He's at church. When it... The prodigal son... He wants his inheritance early. How many know that's out of character? But the father goes ahead and okay. What happens when you give inheritance when the character of the individual is not, has not reached its point of adoption? That's really what that is. It's wasted. It's spent. God wants you to know and us to know that you have a place at my table forever. The son Jesus Christ has went ahead and secured that place at the table. But what he's looking for 
in this revival is those children of God who have went ahead, you know what I mean? And been so touched by the security and the love of God that they have reached a point in their life that God can turn the kingdom over to them. The administration of the kingdom. The building of the kingdom. He can entrust you with that part of the kingdom. Adoptions. A child of God. What the revival is. Am I making myself clear enough here? Because it's so important. That you understand God wants you to grow so that he not only, you're not changing families like we do in America. He said, I'm adopting you now. Okay, what, what are the, uh, 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 the, uh, the Jews? They have right of, and it's a graduation place, isn't it, Doug? Well, I forget what they call it, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, they, 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 where you become of age. You become of age. That's what adoption is. Is we become of age. Stand with me and the musicians come this morning. Now, I went ahead and covered some of the issues of, of the orphan spirit because we need to identify it. We need to identify it. We need to identify it in ourselves. You know? And then we need to be able to identify it in others. Not to point it out, but to father a new spirit in them. To father the spirit of the heavenly father. I've come to save the sonship spirit and to break the orphan spirit. Because when you have a sonship spirit, you do not kill your brother. Right? You do not kill your brother. When you have a sonship spirit, you are not jealous of your brother and sister. When you have a sonship spirit, you don't work to get approved. You work, you know what I mean? Because of the overflow that you are approved. Oh. And there's something about a, the orphan spirit that keeps a person in infancy. That keeps a person in infancy. As children grow, there is a, they have an eye that they're always looking. And where are they looking? They're looking at your eye. And what is your eye reflecting? Is it reflecting approval or disapproval? And that reflection that you get in, that they receive from your eye, makes them tentative or confident. It does. We've heard about the love of God for so long that it's almost like an old story. But what we took this morning 
Scott said, would you take a look and see what you're holding in your hands? Looking at the body and the blood. You're looking at the redeeming elements to restore the sonship spirit back into my children. Redeeming elements. I wonder, church, this morning, if we can do like God has done and start dying for people while they're still sinners. <laughs> I'm not talking about, you know what I mean, hanging on a cross. But church, the sonship spirit will begin to die for the orphan spirit before the sonship spirit gets in the person who's been shackled by an orphan spirit. It will. And we just gotta... My father! He says, I've sent my spirit and I put it in you. And that's what it does. It helps you identify that you belong to the family of God. Whether you get a good grade or a poor grade, doesn't affect the position at the table. That's foreign to mankind, but it's not foreign to God. Father, as we go, and I'm asking for the spirit of sonship to resonate in us. I'm asking for the spirit of the Father to begin to dominate in our lives so that we can break the curse that comes because of the orphan spirit. We want to recognize our own sonship And we want you to be able to put into our hands the things of the kingdom that we're talking about. We want to be administrators, Lord. We don't want to just be someone that has a place at your table in relationship. We want to be people who go out from the table and administer the Father's kingdom into the kingdom of the world in Jesus' name. And all the people said, Amen. Amen.